Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Hello, Taylor. How are you? I am still reeling from this Siesta Key reunion. <laughs> and who would have thunk? Because let's be honest, who really watches Siesta Key besides you and me, maybe? Like- I have no idea. I've, I have not seen a lot of engagement with it on our Instagram. So I assume that we are just talking about this for ourselves <laughs> to a certain extent. Uh, yeah. But this was, we're very excited to share this with you because it really has nothing to do with what anything the season was about. Like, obviously, we touched on how Alex, you know, the who was supposed to be the main drama for the season because of a pregnancy, was fired because he did some racist shit. And they did their best to sort of edit around that. And it clearly, you know, they, they did their best, but the story was clearly supposed to be something else. And mm-hmm. then they decided to do their first reunion ever, which, by the way, Mike was, like, furious that it wasn't as well-produced as Bravo, <laughs> which just goes to show you, like, how good Bravo is at all of this. Like, their eyelines were all fucked up. It looked like they were looking down at a Zoom computer. They weren't even looking into the camera. It did fully look like they were all just on a group Zoom. Sometimes I felt like I was also on the Zoom. I was, yeah. like, adjusting my, like, how I looked because it just felt very much like I was looking at my computer. Very low budge MTV but it didn't matter because of the drama (laughs) yeah the drama like I I watched this before you and I texted you like oh my gosh the Siesta Key reunion is insane and you were like trying to guess what the drama was based on you know storylines that we had seen in the season and I was like there's no possible way you can guess no it was so far from left field but it was just like such a gift it was so shocking I screamed so loud that Tony came out of his office from a zoom call and I was like yeah we're never gonna believe what it is okay do you want to say it or do you want me to say you it you explain just say it. it you explain okay, it okay 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 <laughs> So throughout the whole season, we see that uh, Brandon and his on-again, off-again girlfriend who was dressed as Tinkerbell in this reunion. What was her name again? The Italian Camilla? girl? Camilla. Okay, so Camilla. Name? Yes, you okay. nailed it. So Brandon and Camilla in the season finale decide to move in together. They have this like happily ever after. And then this reunion starts. That's obviously through this like webcam zoom, like distance situation. And they have two different boxes. So I was like, oh, interesting. They're not living together. Uh, So I'm just assuming there's like a breakup plot. But then they ask Brandon (laughs) how he's fucking doing. (laughs) And apparently he has a baby that he did not know about that he fathered from a one night stand cheating on Camilla and the biggest twist is the in the timeline he's dating Camilla he cheats on her has a one night stand the woman that he has the one night stand with reaches out to him on Instagram and says hey Brandon I'm pregnant and he blocks her (laughs) blocks her for the whole pregnancy, you guys, <laughs> and waits until this human being is born. Then this woman reaches out again and is like, uh, uh, knock, knock, Brandon, guess who's here? Your baby mama, you have a baby. And that's when Brandon's like, all right, you guys, I have a baby. And Camilla's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? 
And all the while, he leaves Siesta Key and moves to L.A. to pursue his music career. And I can't get over it. And everyone else in the cast seemed to be pretty fucking blown away, too. Like, what an insane <laughs> story to happen to anybody. And this is just, like, his real life. And I kept... I was just screaming. I was like, this is a real person. Like, this is a real baby that was born who's going to be a real human who is going to always be able to, like, fucking go on YouTube and look at this weird, weird Zoom reunion for this weird-ass MTV reality show and be like, oh, my God, this is so crazy embarrassing. But wow, how, how, how insane. My favorite part was that um, his girlfriend was yelling, your problems are here in Sarasota, Brandon. You need to come back to Sarasota. I'm like, <laughs> I think we're just witnessing like a full mental breakdown. Like oh what person finds out that they have a baby by mistake and then leaves the state just like flees. And just leaves <laughs> and like, blocks them. Like I've heard I, it's so funny to hear. This is the most intense version of a block that I've ever yes. heard of in my whole life. Like Brandon, did you really think you could just block this girl on Instagram who had your child it's and also, that you would not have to deal with it? Yeah. It's also just, I don't know. Camilla was saying that they had been talking on and off for five months and that he knew about it. So the details are a little bit, you know, unclear, but yeah. I, I mean, I will say, like, I commend her for being like, I called her and we talked like you need to come home and be a dad for her child. And, you know, that's just such a tough position to be in. But like the funniest thing is that like <laughs> nobody seemed to know about it. It seemed to just be a secret between the two of them. And then Chloe immediately like takes the reins yes. and is like us girls need to rally around Camilla. I hope you understand that. And I was like, you guys hate her. You think she's a jealous you bitch. You hate her. You hate her. <laughs> Everybody was just fighting for screen time. Like Amanda was like, Brandon, I don't know if you know this, but you actually really need to be a dad. It's like, get Amanda off the fucking yeah. screen. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Chloe being like, we all just need to band together as women for Camilla. And we're, we love you when you, we think you should be a dad. But like as women, we just like can't support you. And I'm like, why is no one talking about this baby? It's like, crazy. This is crazy that your team Camilla, there's a baby that was born and his name is Quincy. I did such a deep dive. Yes. He did like a nice post about the baby afterwards, but man, what a treat because what a reward for us sticking through this like really silly season of this dumb show yeah. that again, I don't think anyone watches, but you and me. And then yeah. to have this like very funny bomb dropped that anybody could get a kick out of was uh, just like a really, really great wonderful moment what a you know virtual toast of champagne the producers of siesta key must have had that day <laughs> it's so funny too because siesta key like the drama everyone's always cheating on everyone so it doesn't play like a big story turn or a big reply or a big shock so you literally have to knock up a random stranger and have them birth your child in order for it to seem like a big story <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> yeah the bar is like very high for that yeah. kind of scandal and man did it it just like blasted through that ceiling i love Loved it. I also have to mention that Mike pointed out, first of all, the the framing of these shots and where they decided to sit in their apartments was just insane. It was like <laughs> it was like you left it up to high schoolers to just like frame their shit for the first time when they're going on national television. And then Garrett, you know, who has his very successful uh, supplements and workout business, decided to just put free weights standing on their edges on his kitchen counter behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and we just love some Garrett. So I just want to give a do. shout out for his like very clever marketing <laughs> decision. 
Oh, I love it. Anything he does, I'm just like, oh, what a chef's kiss on Siesta Key. It's just the Garrett. What a perfect mascot. Anyway. I had had a story to tell you that was like going kind of viral this weekend, but I say that my whole internet is just like the whole algorithm around me and my Google is just all about 90 Day Fiance. So it's hard for me to tell what actually is viral and what is just like Siri telling me this is what I want to hear. But this past weekend of 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After had the most spectacular episode. And there's always at least two versions of the 90 Day franchise airing constantly. And the one right now is 90 Day Fiance The Other Way and 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After. And they're not my favorites. So I only and there's like truly hours and hours of content every week. So I just pop it on every once in a while. And I was fortunate enough, the stars aligned. I popped it on this weekend. It was so iconic. Every scene was so good. I had to fully pick up the phone and reach out to Jordan Van Dyna, who was our guest for 90 Day Fiance, <laughs> to make sure he was also watching it. Because I was like, hey, man, I know you're really busy. He's releasing a... Actually, today, yeah. this is a nice plug. He's I releasing... DM'd him about this. It's very exciting. Yeah. He's coming out with this uh, a feature on Hulu called The Binge. And it is starring Vince Vaughn. And it's uh, going to be so sick. And I can't wait to watch it tonight. So congratulations to Jordan Van Dyna. We should plug that. But I was like, hey, man, I know you're like releasing a huge movie and you're like probably not watching 90 Day Fiance anymore, but I really think you would appreciate this last episode. And he immediately texted me back and was like, I watch every single episode. This is my number one priority. (laughs) And we gossiped about this scene, which is so great. This is a show that usually showcases how just shameless and stupid and, you know, wildly dumb people can be. So there's rarely a scene where somebody is just like really, really fierce and independent and like doing the right thing. And that happened again this weekend with Kehlani and Oswelu. He is back in the United States now. They live together. They have two babies. And the Oswelu's family has most of his family back in Samoa and a couple of them that live here in the States. They live in Portland. And they've been asking Oswelu for money. She finally decides to go and just meet Oswelu's mom and sister who live in Portland. She meets them in this, like, really beautiful uh, bridge, and I love Portland, so it was making me very nostalgic for Portland. Mm. And she's explaining to them, like, listen, I, I, I want to have you guys in our lives, but, like, we have two children, and we can't give you money. And the oh, Suelu's family starts saying that she's brainwashing him, that she got pregnant on purpose, that it's Samoan culture to support the family if you're living in America and she is not supporting the Samoan culture, so she's being shitty. And they just, like, rip her apart. And she is so, you know, flabbergasted by everything they're saying. And she's like, okay, I if you don't want to have a relationship with us, then, then that's up to you. But this is, like, not – there's no way I'm going to give you any money. And – the grandmother, Osuelu's mom says, I don't care about your kids. Oof. I only care. Yeah. And it's brutal. And she like, Kehlani starts to tear up and she's like, okay, well, if that's the case, then I'm like, we are not going to be, we're not going to be t- contacting you anymore. And she starts to walk away. And the sister leaps after her, like lunges after her to physically fight her and says, I'm going to kick your ass. Like, I'm going to kick your ass. And Kehlani in the most badass way, doesn't even turn around and look back. She just like keeps walking. And this sister is like inches away from grabbing her hair. And it's so badass. I love it so much. <laughs> Kehlani goes back to 
uh, Oswelu in the little like Airbnb that they're staying. And she's like, pack up your shit. We're not talking to your family anymore. That's it. That's the last straw. Your sister tried to come for me. And Kehlani is like very tall and the sister is kind of short. And uh, Oswelu's like, really? That doesn't sound like my sister. And Kehlani's like, it's fine. It's fine. If she had touched a single molecule on my body, I would have taken her out. Oh, no. I would have completely. (laughs) And she just says it in the most. I'm going to put a clip of it on Instagram because it's so fucking badass. I made Tony come watch it. I watched it three times. I, like, texted Jordan about it. She's like, no, 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 no. I would have fully fucked up your sister if she had touched a molecule on my body. And then Oswalo and her get in a fight because he's like, I don't know. I think that my sister would be able to take you. Oh, no. And he's like, are you fucking kidding? Like, why are we even talking about this? (laughs) But it's just so great to see her stand up for herself, be so badass, be like, if she had touched a molecule, I would have fucking knocked her out. She was like, I beat up people her size in fucking third grade. Like, do not come for me. And do not say you don't care for my kids. It was the best. I can't wait for you to see the clip. And I just love, we never see those. I'm never like really cheering for a person who like is just doing the right thing. And she's being like so fierce, also kind of like classy at the same time. And like, she never like really cursed at them. She, she was just like very, very calm. Oh, I loved it. It was great. I'm just like (laughs) rooting for everyone to always divorce their husband (laughs) all the time. It's okay. You're going to be better off. Oh my it's God. Okay. Imagine Just how much time you'll have. There. That's all. That's, that's my takeaway from every relationship <laughs> on reality TV. <laughs> oh true. man. It's true. Crazy. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. We, well, I can't wait to see that. And we'll post it on I Instagram. I know. Oh, you're going to love it. It's just, it's such a great little moment. And she's, everybody is just like, oh, she's the queen. She's so good. Uh, I, I got, I had one funny moment from Real Housewives of Potomac that I, I think that you would have maybe the opposite reaction of because you're a very good dancer. Oh. But there's that funny scene where Giselle is taking a dance class with her daughter, Grace. Yes, yes. And they do a funny montage about like how bad Giselle is at dancing with anything other than her shoulders. And <laughs> yeah. Giselle's like, I just like, I know Grace really wants to connect with me and I want to spend time with her. And they're doing like a really cool like hip hop uh, dance class and Giselle is just like fucking up and Grace is like very very good in comparison when I my mom is a really good dancer Aww. and she takes dance classes like to work out and she every time I visit her she always wants me to go because she wants me to like meet the women that she's dancing with and meet the instructor and, and like hang out and like they are really fun classes but I make an absolute fool of myself because I'm a, not a very good dancer at all. And my mom is like doing full on. My mom like will whip her hair around and like Aww. improv like extra little like moves. And it's so funny to see us next to each other dancing. And I just like couldn't help but see that image when I'm watching Giselle and Grace. And Giselle is just like kind of bopping around. And I was like, oh, my God, am I Giselle? I'm the Giselle of my family. <laughs> Your mom is embarrassed class. of you. She's like, you know, Taylor, yeah. maybe you just sit this one out. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's just such a funny, I felt that same way the first time they did Zumba when I was in like college and I was like, oh, I'll be able to do Zumba. And not only did my mom, but every mom in that class just like kicked my ass. Oh no. So I think moms are like, that I'm familiar with are very good dancers who are very athletic. 
athletic. I went to my so. mom dragged me to like a kickboxing class when I was in high school and I literally quit halfway through the class and I was like, I'm going to throw up. And I spent the whole time in the like one stall bathroom. I just locked myself in there because I was like, I'm so sick. I'm going to throw up. And my mom Shut is just up. like really? punching the fuck out of these bags that she's sharing. Have you ever punched a bag that you have to share with someone else and it like bounces back at you every time they yeah. punch it? Yeah, I was not ready for that. No, it's crazy. <laughs> That's funny you say that, though, because I think that you could kick ass in a kickboxing class now. Oh, thank now. you. Thank you so much. It was actually at the same place where I took Kung Fu when I was a teenager. <laughs> I, I went through Kung Fu until I was a green sash. And then I was like, eh, I have other interests like saxophone and basketball. <laughs> <laughs> the special skill list. I never knew. Look, uh, I spent a lot of time in extracurricular after school activities. So, you know. Oh, but yeah, no, it was it. the same. They did like, you know, martial arts. And then um, kickboxing was like a big thing in the early 2000s with just like ripped moms, like punching the shit out of bags and stuff. So, yeah, I was not as I was not as uh, athletic as I am now, I guess, back then. Um, anyway, I appreciate that you think I could kick the shit out of some something. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel you. Like my mom Kung was definitely embarrassed of me that day and was like, finish the class. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to throw up. I can't do it. I also think you like learn how to pace yourself as you get older. You know, you don't go like extremely oh, yeah. hard the whole time. All of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That actually reminds me of when we went to do Barry's boot camp together right before the pandemic started, and I was trying to tell you to slow down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Taylor, I think, either didn't hear the instructor, the instructor or was like, I, I've got this. Like, this is okay. And she ran through the walking periods and I was trying to be like take take a break and so I you didn't understand that there was a whole other treadmill round that we were gonna have to tackle no I had no idea we're going to the ground I feel great and I was like we have to get back on the treadmill and then do the ground again and you were like what you were like you fool also it's very funny in Barry's boot camp to be saying that you were trying to tell me something because we're at treadmills right next to each other which means we're you know we're like a foot apart two feet apart but that room is so dark and yeah. so loud yeah you could have looked at me and been like there is a fire we need to evacuate and I would have been like yeah I'm having fun I know I was trying to flag you down like slow down I almost just started pushing buttons on your treadmill next to you and I was like all right I mean she really wants to go for it today I guess it's pretty good i miss doing uh, stuff like that that is what i, I miss the most too. honestly from all the pandemic if i could go do one group activity it would be go work my ass out in a room full of women so i'm like held accountable for something i know i miss it too oh my gosh and that was so close that was like february basically Ugh, yeah it literally was like one week before everything <laughs> stopped yeah and i remember at the time there was like a big covid spread in seattle and they were like we got instructors from seattle here and something in my brain was like you should not be in this class <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway um uh, yeah that's very funny and I love that you are the Giselle to your mom's you know teenager <laughs> that's that's great uh what did you think about we had a pretty great uh Beverly Hills finale I just somehow Dorit has like come full circle and become so annoying that she's a great housewife <laughs> uh, like she's leaned so far into the hair accessories and so far into the glam and so far into this like house of cards spend way too much fucking money on shit that's definitely not this important 
Um, like I just, I really am starting to get a kick out of her. Maybe it's because there's worse housewives, maybe because she's not being super annoying and she's not the center of the drama. Um, Mm. what did you think of her? I just like love looking at all her hair clips. I love looking at all her hair clips. I love that her outfit has always started to contain in this season a like fancy safety pin like there's always like crazy safety pins and like paper clips and all these things that like seem so wild and I don't know I I also love just like kind of how over the top she is and I do think she's in that sweet spot and we've seen it before with other housewives where you're entertaining you're involved in the drama you have a take but you're not in the thick of it so we're never seeing her get really defensive or say something entirely too stupid um, I did get a real kick out of this party was a housewarming party <laughs> that was also a launch for PK's new product, which is a <laughs> a non-alcoholic champagne, um, which is so hilarious. I have to a me. question. Yes. Is a non-alcoholic champagne not just a grape juice? Is it sparkling water? <laughs> it's just a grape juice, right? It's bad sparkling grape juice. Yeah, because the thing about <laughs> champagne is that it is like it's a tart. No, like it's a sweet tart sort of sensation and that it is, in fact, alcoholic. And there would be no point in drinking it. Yeah, but yeah. And it's so you're basically yeah, you're right. It's Martinelli's. Yeah, he's basically releasing Martinelli's. Yeah, I could not laugh more at it because they like tried to slip it in. <laughs> Except for the fact that there's a fucking nine foot tall champagne bottle in the middle of their pool. (laughs) I'm like, like, Jagger, you take a look at that. That's your college fun. Once all this shit hits the fan, this is you're going to look back at this episode and be like, Mommy, why did you buy that? (laughs) I love Sutton. I think Sutton had two spectacular lines in this episode. The first being she entered the party and one of the caterers was like, would you care for this new release of this non-alcoholic champagne? And she immediately goes, I'll be passing that one by. Thank you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, bitch, I would too. Why would I, why would you make it? Like, and I, I forget what other housewives said. Maybe it's Teddy. It was just like, I don't get it. Like, I just don't. No, Teddy was pumped you... about it because she was pregnant. But Rinna was like doing oh, the very Beverly Hills be so excited and nice and supportive to your face. And then in her interview being like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why would that? And like, what a, they always have some sort of crazy project. Like this is the perfect, once we finish that goddamn room at the Buca de Peppo, it's like, can you guys take a break? And they're like, actually, no, darling, we have this new thing that we're doing. It's like, you guys get to fucking not be doing something for two seconds to stop. I also uh, think it's so funny that Dorit has taken on Italy as her entire identity. I feel like she has no identity. So she constantly has to like switch her accent, switch her like a yes. uh, job, switch like she's like, oh, you guys think it's cool that I like was in love with someone in Italy for a few years and I can speak a mild amount of Italian. Like, great. Everything about me is now going to be Italian. So she did the like <laughs> Capri room and Buca de Beppo. Now yeah. then she had them throw ice into her pool to like honor the Trevi fountain. I'm like, it's fine. Oh, that you was can weird. stop. You can that pivot to something weird. else. I do have to thank Dorit, though, for this party because it made me discover my new career, frankly, which is to be a pyro. Yes, I'm so glad you said this. (laughs) 
I'm so glad. Look, in the past, we had uh, Kyle saying that her votives were too pedestrian. So she clearly did not have a pyro to she do the a pyro. pyro for her party. I loved the pyro. I love that he looked He looked like a thousand of the uh, people that I've seen on set who yes. are like working as like grips and working in like really fucking intense like equipment jobs on set. And it was just this like guy. He had like all these bags around him. He had all these tools. And he came up to her and was like, ma'am, I just wanted to let you know I'm your pyro for the night. It's and she was so like, good. I'm sorry, you're, you're what? And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm your pyro for the night. So I'm in charge of all the candles. And I was like, oh, <laughs> my God, I did not know this was a job. All I do fully, all I do from six to eight every night is walk around my house with a lighter and light every candle. It's called my seance. Aww. And there's candles in the bathroom. There's candles in the and no, t- it doesn't depend what time of year <laughs> all the time. I love candles. And <laughs> I was like, this is this man is getting paid. And then he gets to hang out at this party and just be in charge of all of the candles. Like, that's my dream. I love that. I love that for you. I think you should. I think definitely you should pursue that, you know, until (laughs) things start shooting again. I think that's what you should offer your services. Maybe you'll get to go to a housewife party. Also, you would look way cuter than that pyro. Imagine having a cute pyro that like blends in at your party. Wow. This is a whole business, I think. Yeah. An undercover pyro. I just have like a beautiful gown with just like a bunch of lighters hidden in him yeah Um, just so great uh I also at the same party the second quote from Sutton that I found to be so spectacular is when once Brandy entered the party Sutton came up to say hello and was like I just um I'm hoping that maybe one day you can learn not to say stuff which is so the like it's so the 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 Michael Scott (laughs) To Toby being like, why are you the way that you are? Yeah. <laughs> it's just sudden being like, maybe, Brandy, you can learn to not say stuff. Like, just to shut your <laughs> fucking mouth. And Brandy responds and goes, oh, no fucking way, honey. Never. And it's like, all right, you guys should maybe never speak. Did Brandy, is Brandy coming on season 11? I do think asking Brandy to be in season 11 is a little bit like asking Lucy Juicy Apple the dog to be in season 10. Yeah. Like we just don't, no one wants that. It doesn't make any sense. She, it, yeah, it's it's a little one note. <laughs> I'm not, but I don't know. They're scrambling. Also, did you see that Garcelle signed up to do the mm-hmm. real? Yeah. So how can you do the real and the Real Housewives at the same time. I don't know. I mean, you know, Candy comes to mind. Like, obviously, she did The Masked mm. Singer and some stuff. But I'm not sure that Garcelle really wants to come back and do this again. So mm. that's kind of a bummer. I really liked Garcelle. I did, too. That would be a big I bummer. hope she comes back, but maybe not. Especially if Denise is like, Denise is not coming back then, right? If Brandy's going to be on season 11. Oh, yeah. There's no way. Yeah. So maybe they I but I was reading that Denise was in negotiations and was getting this like huge contract. So maybe that fell through. And now we're just fucked and we're, we're just going to get a season of fucking Brandy. Yeah. <laughs> we're both so sad. Speaking of housewives leaving, uh, there's also been a lot of headlines about little Miss Dorinda leaving Roni. Yeah. And it's unclear if she's leaving, if she was fired, if it's mutual. But what an icon and what a weird season to leave on because she wasn't the best look for her, I would say, this season. Would you agree? Yeah. It also made me watch this episode and feel sort of sad for her because it seems like she thinks she's, um, you know, like a fixture of of the series. And I think most people would have argued that she was. But 
it's just weird. Like, uh, you know, Ramona uh, left so many scenes and like refused to mingle with the girls so many times. And I don't like it when they keep people on like that who are doing essentially Mm. like what Denise is doing and just not Mm. just refusing to be like part of the drama anymore because that's what the show is. But then they fire somebody else. And there's also so many other housewives they could have fired for any reason that was like more problematic unless we don't know something or even fire someone like Mm. Teddy who nobody likes. Like legitimately, I've never heard one person say anything nice about Teddy. And that is funny you say that. I did read there was a couple of really great memes on Instagram that were like, I'm sorry, I can't lose Dorinda and keep Teddy. Like I can't live in this world. That's such a 2020 moment to be like, yeah, we're getting rid of Dorinda, but we're going to hang on to teddy yeah i mean (laughs) i will say like i saw on her instagram that i think one of her friends died so maybe it was mutual and maybe her getting fired is just like gossip or something but i it just Mm. it sucks she's a good housewife and you know housewives have funky seasons and then they bounce back and the story is about someone else and it makes me sad that they just i hope they didn't blindside her that's all yeah i hope so too um i have to bring up this bachelorette poster (laughs) (laughs) as a last thing I sent it to you uh, my friend Mel sent it to me and was like what are your thoughts on this and we'll post it please look at it you guys but it is a I mean it's a it's a flattering picture of Claire and that she looks really pretty um and this like a cool blazer and she's holding her rose and she looks sassy but then there's a man's foot putting on a sock as though he's getting dressed and it seems it's like really big on the foot I I would say the focus (laughs) where your eye lands is the foot and if you didn't know if you like were an alien and you came down to earth and you looked at this poster you would be like this is a foot fetish competition show and Claire's the host or judge and she's fully dressed and she's like in jeans and a blazer which seems like a kind of weird thing to do when when you're doing this what I later realized graduate reference and I have to admit I'm bothered by the graduate reference because it's this weird sort of unflattering play on how old she is and let's be clear the graduate is about an older woman who is like really creeping on a much 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 younger guy in like a not okay way right like Mm -hmm. we're not kosher with mrs robinson's behavior and so to suggest and like glamorize and glorify that for claire who is what 39 40 yeah i think she might even be 38 like i don't 38, think she's 40 38 38 uh, yeah 38. she might be 39 That's, now because everything's been delayed so many insulting. times yeah I think you cannot call a 38 year old mrs robinson when she's dating guys in their 20s and 30s like i just can't get behind that but my main issue is with the foot. I have a lot of <laughs> I have a, I have a lot of issues with it. I just saw that. Look, okay, this is a sore subject for me, and I'm so sorry to anyone who is in this um, profession who listens to this podcast. But oh, like, no. truly, like I cannot understand what advertiser marketing people get paid for sometimes and the idea that they thought that their audience for the bachelorette would respond well first of all people don't even wear socks like this anymore like nobody who watches the bachelorette identifies (laughs) with those socks (laughs) and like second of all like I went to film school right and I'm you know I I know what people who are cinephiles are like and they love the graduate and like they love all this shit about it 
But that's not the Bachelorette audience whatsoever. I would bet that most people who looked at that will never come to the conclusion that this is a play on the graduates movie poster like when's the last time you saw an actual movie poster of the graduate it's not even the actual shot in the movie that's iconic it's just the poster i just Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know i just like can't the whole thing is like it's it's very confusing because like technically claire should be putting on her tights and like you're reversing the roles and it's just like a it's a bad idea it's just a bad idea and whoever got paid for it should give their money back to be honest maybe with there you. was like a whole team that was supposed to be dedicated to like working on this and then once the shit hit the fan and claire left they, they just were like put a foot in front of a like photo yes. <laughs> they were like we need everybody we need everybody in la quinta at this resort we need all hands on deck leave the one intern behind and just let him make the fucking poster it doesn't matter anymore and then he made that and they were like whatever (laughs) it's fine we need it all hands on deck over here we're fucking on fire and everything is shit uh all of the promos for the bachelorette have been terrible by the way every single one there's this one that people have been sharing over and over again that's like it's like a ring spinning and a like symbol roll in the background and it's like a it's a silhouette of some random woman's body and it's like okay you guys are clearly trying to cover all angles here because we have no idea what's going on and who the bachelorette actually is or if there's four of them but like it just it's all trash and you have so much gold to go off of like there's so many creative things you could do with all the rumors that are being spread about this season like for example okay just pitching here um <laughs> like the gossip girl marketing back in the day where it was like mm. oh so salacious you don't want your kids to watch like that was a great marketing scheme and that's what they should be doing for this season of the bachelorette the equivalent of that genius 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 i'm available to be yeah. paid for this. ABC, it's table flipping at gmail.com. Oh no, table flipping podcast at gmail.com. I just give them the wrong email. Anyway, I uh, just I you sent that to me and I was like, this is a mess. I don't want to look at this. I know. And I had sent it to, in the time between sending it to you and being like, what the fuck even is this foot? And then I finally looked at it again and I went, Oh my god, it's the graduate. It's just it's such a mess. And then I got even more upset. I went from it went from bad to worse. Like yeah. getting the poster actually made it worse. That's impressive. I think that's really impressive. Yeah. Anywho, um, so much to post on Instagram after this <laughs> all over the place intro. I'm very into it. <laughs> um, should we get into today's interview? Yeah. This week we have Rachel Pegram, who's a very funny comedy writer that I, you know, grew to love on Twitter and just reached out to her and she was kind enough to come on our podcast and talk about the one and only nini leaks who i like kind of can't believe we haven't done a full episode for yet um and she was great and i hope you guys enjoy Hi guys, today we have a very funny guest that I was stalking on Twitter and she very nicely <laughs> agreed to come on to our humble podcast. Um, actress, stand-up comedian, and writer on the upcoming Kenan Thompson show that will be on NBC if we ever get through this pandemic, Rachel Pegram. Welcome to the pod, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so what coming. is... Okay, so currently you just told us off air that you moved across the country from Brooklyn or from New York to L.A. Um, What part of town are you currently living in and how's that going uh, post-pandemic for you? 
I'm living in Los Feliz. Um, and wait, you said post pandemic, okay. and I have to. I mean, I have to disagree. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like now that the pandemic is happening, uh, <laughs> you moved here before the pandemic, and now we're post pandemic, and then we're no, in no, the pandemic. No, is what oh, I'm no, to no, say. no! <laughs> this language is dangerous. <laughs> Um, yes, I, I got you, know, you. I got you. <laughs> current pandemic, uh, it is, it's, you know, it's fine. You know, I don't ultimately don't know the area at all. I just know it from like walking around because I right. also didn't get a car when I moved here because I was like, oh, I don't need one really. I'm just moving here temporarily. So I'll just take Ubers and then, you know. Uber became, you know, a choice, a, a big choice to be making for a death yourself. Trap, right. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So I guess I'm just gonna walk everywhere, and that's kind of what I've been doing. So I'm, you know, I'm very familiar with, you know, uh, Hillhurst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. I mean, that's a pretty walkable area. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, pull the L.A. neighborhoods. That's a good one to be walking around in. That's nice. Um, so what is your uh, normal relationship with reality TV before I specifically asked you to uh, watch a show for us? Um, I mean, I, I would say I watch a decent amount of reality TV because I feel like, well, because... I think reality is not just like, you know, the shows where it's like, uh, t you know, uh, what is it? Talking heads and stuff. But it's also the ones where they're like, you know, uh, doing things. Well, that sounds insane. Like, you know, like um, a race, the amazing <laughs> race, of Survivor and like those kinds right, of ones right. where I'm like, OK, that's also reality TV, but it doesn't feel like the same to me. But yes, because like I'll watch. I mean, I watch so much because I feel like it helps me decompress, especially shows where yeah, it's just yeah. like, we're building this house. And isn't it small? I'm talking about Tiny House Nation. And um, yeah. so <laughs> I just like, I feel like I like shows like that. And then I'll talk to about it with someone and they're like, literally, what show are you talking about? And I was like, are you watching World's Most Extraordinary mm. Houses? Are you watching Amazing Interiors? And everyone a resounding is, no, Rachel. Why aren't you watching real television, which is what you want to write for? And I say, what? Um, yeah, so I, I do have a strong relationship <laughs> with reality TV. Do house shows give you anxiety? They give me anxiety about how, like, I'll never be able to afford to redecorate <laughs> my own home. But maybe I should be more positive about my future. That is true. I feel like the ones that are so extravagant make me feel like, well, that's just never going to be a level I get to. I'm never going to be like, you know, I'm never going to have like oil money because I don't believe in exploitation. Right. So like that house is <laughs> right. not going to be for me. But like there's one show that I watch that's called Grand Designs and it's British. And it's like this, the host particularly goes to people who range mostly range in like wealth and it's a lot of people who are building a house for their first time or whatever and like some of them are starting with budgets that are like okay you know maybe in five years that'll be a budget I have for a house and uh, I could maybe do that uh, but then also most of the time he's like well actually you need more money for this and so many of the people are like end up like oh I mean actually okay you know what I what I am is proving your point that it is stressful it is definitely stressful um, but 
But it has taught me the things that I do need to know, I think, for when building in the future, if I ever get enough money to build a house, you need actually more money than you think. So like however much you have, you need probably <laughs> yeah. double that. And then and then also if you like have your dream house and then also always, always get a project manager or somebody to run the site because you need somebody that's not you because all of the houses fail whenever the person who's like, I'm actually going to project manage and I've actually never looked at a architecture thing, but I'm pretty organized. And then it's like, it all goes to shit. They don't know what inches are, centimeters or whatever. And so they're like super confused. The house ends up like, oh my God, why is it like this? It's like the levels are weird. So the biggest like piece of advice I got from it was always hire a project manager. And I was like, okay, so that is an expense you can not miss on so i will say this show is helpful in that regard oh and in timing all these people who will be like oh we'll have the house done in six months this house will be done at christmas and it's like no bitch you're not getting in this house at christmas the house will take two years at least plan on building a house for two years plan on getting a project manager and making sure that you have at least double the money that you need and that you're not having a baby. All of these people were like fucking so much having all these babies. Like you literally have to build a house. Like, I don't know, plan better. Like wear condoms and wait. Like, oh God. Um, yeah, it's a cautionary show. I'm with you, I'm with you on this. Taylor was looking at a house for a little bit that uh, had a fireplace that would melt the TV off the wall. And I thought that was really funny. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> and you know what, that would have made a great fucking plot point on one of these fucking shows. We did the inspection and the fireplace guy was like, that's a great fireplace, but it's for sure going to melt the wall above it. And I was like, what? And someone built this house? That's insane. And that's just the way that it is. And he's like, yeah. So, But he was like, it's crazy. a really nice fireplace. And you yeah. were like, can we put a less nice fireplace? And he was like, no, it's really nice. And you were like, well, wait. <laughs> It's oh my true. god! It's true. I was sitting on a real <laughs> HGTV moment, and it's so I believe all of these shows, all of the reality ones. Tony is really addicted to that one, uh, most extreme homes on Netflix. It's like when people live in like giant plastic teddy bears and stuff. Oh no! And, like giant <laughs> greenhouses, like and I've seen part of this things, and it's like. I find it very annoying and he finds it so peaceful and it's a big debate in our place. Interesting. Okay. Well, today we're here to talk about <laughs> the iconic Nene leaks of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, you are on season three of Atlanta. Yes. Early season three. I did have to double check. Um, and uh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. And what made you gravitate uh, towards Nini out of all the ladies? I think if I'm not mistaken, it's like, oh, it might be too early. It's like Sheree, who's a gem, and Kim Zolciak, who's just pure trash. Nini, <laughs> Candy. I don't think Phaedra's there yet, right? right? Phaedra comes season three. Okay, I love her. She's one of my favorite housewives. Um, but yeah, out of all those wonderful ladies, what made you pick um, Nini? I mean, Nini feels very consistent and also the most like true to herself, which I know it's like hard to say on these kinds of shows. It's like there's people who are like, I feel like making tweaks to their personality. And I feel like Nini is the closest mm -hmm. person to where if I met her in real life, I feel like I would get the same person that I'm seeing on television or at the very least the same like energy of a person. Whereas like there are some people where like Sheree, mm -hmm. I feel like she fully changed 
personality wise from season one to season two because they were like we need a other annie on you or you're getting cut like some of these other girls because the way that they cut some of these people are so crazy to me i was like where did they go they're just gone um and they don't address it and then they just have someone new it feels very like stepford in that way it's like well there's a new housewife and i'm like wait what where did she go um but i feel like nini is such a strong like just interesting person and like very like she like moves through the world in a way that I don't feel I do so that's why I'm like almost envious of how she's like very um confident and controlled and like I think it obviously gets her into trouble sometimes but it it's always being true to herself which I think is really important yeah I feel like she uh, I she's pretty consistent through every single season of the show and the show's been on for so long so that's impressive and she becomes deeper and deeper herself until she sort of no longer wants to participate in the show right um, but she's like given us so many iconic moments in the first couple seasons um do you want to take us on a little like trip down memory lane and tell us what's happening in in the area that you're in right now you know, I'm pretty sure Nini, okay, well, this fight feels really petty. Well, one thing is that I didn't notice, but my boyfriend is also watching the show with me. And he mm-hmm. was like, every episode they have a party. And I was like, that is very true. <laughs> They're always preparing yeah, for a yeah. party. They're always getting ready for a gala. Um, and I think the episode where it was like, Sheree's like, I'm single party. And I'm like, Sheree, what are we doing? Um, she like was having that party and like (laughs) Like single from a divorce. It was her divorce. And she was like, I'm single. This is just a party, I guess. But then there was that big picture, that portrait (laughs) of her that she had made that, um, essentially just looked like someone (laughs) took a picture and painted over it. Um, it was very like, who is this, uh, painter? I say in quotes. Um, and yeah, so Nini, (laughs) I think in that episode was getting upset with Candy about, uh, how Kim had like taken her off of Tardy for the party and like didn't want her on the track anymore. But reasonably so, uh, Nini, I feel was upset because she got Kim interested in this track. Kim ultimately, you know, she's like, seems really flighty and she's just kind of like, well, this thing, and I think I could do this or whatever. She's obviously not a singer, but like, I feel like Kim, ooh, that just reminded me of something that I would like to bring up, but in a second. Okay, so, but then, uh, but like Kim, she took her off the track and Nini was the one who got her excited about this track. Like she was the one who was like, this is it. Like Kim wanted to do a whole nother track. And then she got Kim excited. Kim was like, you should be on this track. And Nini was like, yes, we'll make it hot. And then and later when Candy got involved and made Kim feel like she was hot shit, Kim was like, I don't think I need Nene. And it was just like, yeah, you cast your friend to the side because you got gassed up by somebody and then now you don't think you need this person. And I mean, I do think, you know, obviously the reality TV is like heightened versions of stuff, but I do think Nene was justified and like Kim should have just been straight with Nene and told her like straight up, not tugged her along and said one thing and then said another thing. But then she got in Candy's face at that, uh, party and I think she was just more mad at Kim but she was just getting in Candy's face about it um but I felt she was very justified but it was definitely drama and it was made to seem like Nini was out of line but it was like later on she expressed her feelings and it was like well this makes sense um yeah so that's kind of what's going on it's so fucking crazy because (laughs) 
Kim Zolciak has basically a tardy for the party empire. And this is crazy on multiple counts because I remember that scene where Kim is like going towards a different song, I think. And then Nini really like sells how fun tardy for the party can be by singing it with like an upbeat tempo and Mm -hmm. just making it more exciting, like a party song. And Kim was like, "Uh, okay, maybe. And then Kim totally fucked over Candy, who wrote the song for her. And... Candy is so successful and rich that she essentially, after fighting with Kim for so long, had to be like, fine, you can have it. And Kim has an entire show called Tardy for the Party on Bravo now. And it's all because oh of those God. two women. It's so insane. What? Truly off of the backs of black women. Like, there's yeah. just something very sick about that. And like, and I feel like even in the show, they made it seem like Nini was out of line. And I was like, no, like Nini's maybe not articulating herself in the way that you want her to. But like she is saying what needs to be said, which is Kim stole this from her. And there should be any kind of like, I don't like even just a friendship level of I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. You know, you did tell me I should pick this song. I mean, if nothing else, but who, you know. Kim seems like a real mess. Whoever this big Papa fella really, I don't know. Obviously I am two and a half seasons deep at this moment. So I really don't know. Like anything I'm talking about could be like, well, Rachel, wait till you get to season eight. I wanted to ask about the big Papa thing because that came up and like, and I haven't seen the first few seasons. And so I was watching like a little clips of the Kim and Nene, like whole frenemy situation. And I saw Andy asking her about Big Papa and her seeming really sad. And I got really scared. What's happening there? Is it just a sugar daddy we don't know? I know. As far as I know, I didn't. I don't think he's ever on the show. Well, I don't know ever, but he's not been no. on the show. But like, he, he definitely never seems to yeah. string her along. And like, is like, I let's get married. But like, he's married still and like has kids and his wife is like somewhere but like kim is the main girl kind of but also he's never around but he's always giving her gifts it's also like what does he do who is he like what is his deal why is he treating his other girl like this why do you like this guy (laughs) so much when he's so awful it seems also she has like two girls although it's very clear that she like you know tied herself with someone who has some money who can take care of her because she has kids but she doesn't have any like skills it seems <laughs> like i don't know that she does <laughs> no she makes wigs <laughs> but she, she doesn't even the make wig the wigs wig no yes she she's not making the wigs the hairdresser's <laughs> making the wigs like wait hold on you're what are you do? no she disrespect but what do you do for white women <laughs> no no she's oh the worst God. she's the absolute worst housewife ever for sure um, like a million percent <laughs> um, but i will say that whole big papa situation gave us the i think maybe one of nini's first iconic clo- quotes which is close your legs to married men <laughs> Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. did she say that at the first reunion i think she did right or maybe the second one I think it's the second one based off of the little mashup I was just watching. I feel like and it's they, so... that's when they had reunions like that one was like in front of an aquarium. Yeah. It was before <laughs> they had landed on the set that they have now. And I was like, whoa, these are this like started so long ago because one's in front of an aquarium and one looks like it's in like the Taj Mahal the next season. It's very strange. One of the most interesting things about Nini to me is that she supported herself as a single mom um, by stripping for a little while. 
And she did a whole interview about it and wrote about it in her autobiography. And she talked about how it made her so much more confident because, you know, men were there to to like celebrate her and celebrate her body rather than criticize her, which is what she felt like it would be when she was first starting out stripping. And I just think that's so interesting uh, especially for someone who's like close your legs to married men. Yeah. Right. I have both points of view. I love that. I wasn't expecting you to say that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that makes, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. I, I mean, uh, the very limited, I don't want to like speak for all people who have been strippers, but I feel like the people who I've encountered with who have been a lot of times are people that I'm like, Oh, you do seem very powerful. You seem very self-assured and like, you know, you want, I think that like comes Mm -hmm. from that job being a place where I think you can get eaten alive, but also a place where you can really thrive. Like Cardi B was a stripper and like, she's very self-assured and knows what she wants and knows how to get it. And I think you can be taken advantage of so easily in those situations, because even if like, you know, it's like you as an individual, as a woman are feeling empowered, but then like everyone who works there, like there's like lots of men who like, you know, taking your money. And like, again, as someone's probably listening and being like, Rachel, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't exactly. But I think that like, there is a level of like lots of men running a lot of that and you having to know your place and know your worth and know what's owed to you and not like taking any shit for it. And so I feel like that's how the, like people who really can make it work for them end up being so incredible, so powerful and so self-assured and so like uh, wonderful. And I think that's not a narrative that like is often fed out of being a stripper. And I think that, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's really incredible. And there is like, I feel like there's like a distance or a difference in like, you know, performing and being on stage. Cause it's all kind of, you know, a performance and like burlesque is looked at differently even than like stripping. But then, yeah, I think, I feel like the, the messages make a lot of sense. Uh, cause like, she's not, she wasn't like fucking anybody when she was stripping, you know, and she was, and I'm sure 90% right. of those dudes were married and she was like, yeah, no, they're, I know those married dudes. They're all sitting at the clothes are nasty, disgusting, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's amazing. Any woman who is yeah, a former I, stripper is amazing. I think the way that you <laughs> describe that too is like such good uh it's good training in a way for the housewives because the housewives will eat you alive if you don't you know hold your own as well and so a lot Mm. of the same qualities you just described I see in her you know as a leader on that franchise I mean yeah she's like an individual even like even before I started watching the show I think I watched it a little when I was younger But like, even before I really started watching the show, it was like, you knew who Nini was. You always know who Nini was. I always seen like memes, pictures, references. Like I've always known who Nini was. And like, that's a testament to her own standing. Yeah, that Nini was like iconic before I even realized or even knew what Real Housewives was. I like knew Nini. And that's such a beyond level of fame I haven't really thought about before, especially within the Housewives. So it's... It is uh, something to think about. That's star power. Um, going back to Sheree, Kim, and Nini for a second, have you gotten to the uh, wig tug with uh, between Sheree yes. and Kim on the street? Yes. 
Oh, oh my god. My god. So iconic. So insane. I mean, what was Sheree doing? I feel like Sheree was just trying to put her stamp on the on the show and she said, let's do this tug. And I'm like, if we're going to tug, let's pull the whole thing. What is the tug? You know, let's like, let's snatch the whole wig off. I'm curious to see how much hair Kim has. It feels like none. And then there's no shame in none. But I just feel like she is constantly wearing these absolutely wild wigs. The line on these wigs are weird, too. <clears throat> By that I mean, sometimes it seems like there's mm-hmm. two wigs on top of each other or something. Do you know, like, <laughs> there's like a line. Yeah. If you go back, there's like a line on top, but it's like there's still hair, and it looks like there's one wig and then a second wig. Her wig <laughs> usage definitely evolves, and at some season she's like, I was wearing like Party City wigs, and now I've like watched that footage and it's no good. So I'm like, all right, at least she's learned from something, I guess. Um, <laughs> she also ends up having like 900 kids with a football player, and you should definitely what? watch that. It's fucking what? insane. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, she just she's one of those people who cannot put a condom on. I guess. Good lord, <laughs> I feel bad yeah. for her girls. Then those early girls, I'm sure they're oh, feeling yeah. all kinds of crazy. Oh yeah, they end up getting like you know very injected and looking exactly like Kim. There's a oh, there's no. a very uh, it's there's a metamorphosis that happens in the Kim Zolciak household. But it's okay. She's not being hidden by Big Papa anymore. So and she seems very happy and it's okay. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Taylor, having seen some of the more recent seasons, is there anything that um, like looking up these more iconic moments that was confusing or that you want to know more about? I I don't want this to be a spoiler necessarily for Rachel, but there's a there's one season where she leaves and then comes back or she like takes a official back seat. Is yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. OK. And is that is that directly because of the of the Greg cancer situation or is, there, or is that because of other? No, drama it's I don't because know about? she wanted to be like a legitimate actress and she became best friends with Ryan Murphy and he cast her in the new normal and she was on um, Glee for a bit. And like, I think she might have been talking about being on a horror story or something and so she was like i don't need the shit i'm leaving the show oh, okay, uh, okay. and then the new normal gets canceled and you know everyone needs a paycheck and so she came back to housewives God. okay this all makes sense i think that i think i must have started right around that time but i'm just and i noticed all of her broadway credits yes hello i love a former stripper turned real housewife turned broadway star yes. it's like my favorite <laughs> specific type of person so and she was on celebrity apprentice and I was like, how did she not win? And then I went and I read that she walked off. She like got in a fight with someone and left. And I was Jeez. like, okay, that also makes sense too. I buy that as a way that Nini got out of Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah. But it's so strange a woman of many talents. to see these housewives too. And not to get it too political. This is too depressing. We can cut it. But it's so strange to see, you know, like I want to think that Nini is a smart woman who's on the right side of things. But she also obviously had a personal relationship with Trump at some point, as a lot of the housewives do, because they've all, you know, sort of been on Celebrity Apprentice. But, you know, and at the very beginning of the series, she has that quote where she's like, I'm very rich, bitch. I have Trump money. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what I wonder if they (laughs) still talk. I wonder what that relationship's like anymore. Wow. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that, honestly. I've like because I feel like I never was in. I didn't know enough about The Apprentice or The Celebrity Apprentice. But now you're saying that I'm like, oh, I feel like I remember that. But that's so weird. 
I hadn't even thought about that. Okay, well, now I have to reevaluate. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would like to I'd like to assume that she was on it so long ago and that she's clear-minded enough to be like, "What the fuck? This is bullshit," you know? So, I trust that Nini's like you know, her priorities are in the right place for sure. Yeah, that's what I choose to believe, too. Yeah. <laughs> and don't look it up and don't do anything. No, research. can't look it up. We absolutely can't yeah. look it up. And we don't invite... No, none of the listeners, please don't look it up and please don't tag us. We don't want to know. So, are any of the housewives um, executive producers? Are they executive producers on their own shows? Bethany Frankel was an EP, I think, on New York because she was on from the very first season and people started to get pissed off that she was seemingly like her her interviews seemed to be more written and um, they felt like she was getting a more favorable cut. Certainly Lisa Vanderpump is on Vanderpump Rules and she is an executive producer of the show. Um, but mm. I don't know how common that is outside of those two instances. Do you know, Taylor? Uh, no, I didn't even really. I mean, the Vanderpump for sure makes sense to me. Um, but I don't remember reading about the Bethany stuff. And I've never I've just assumed that they aren't because they seem they seem pretty out of control uh, to me. Like and there, it's, there's so many plots of people like fighting for storylines just to stay on the show, which means I feel like they don't have this. Uh, no one has real job security in the real house world. Right. Real housewives world. So that's just like kind of led me to assume that, that they aren't. Um, but it makes sense that you would get to a point, you know, where you have leverage that you could maybe get I think in, the, there in that position. A point in time where, especially with Bethany, early on they wanted to spin her off and give her her own talk show, and then um, they wanted her to come back when that didn't work out. And so I think it was like, you have to give me something if I'm going to go back here. I'm not just going to like step down to everyone else's level and mm. be like at the mercy of the whole cast when I already had my own show and mm. she had like other stuff going on for her um I think that's right I might have to double check on that but um yeah and it, it was like an earlier time where I don't think people knew that these shows were going to be going for like 12 13 14 years as well right yeah no that makes sense but the only reason why is because I happen to notice watching the Kardashians like they're all like producers or something or whatever on the Kardashians and I was right. like dang mm -hmm. like y'all are crafting the narratives making the money like I and I was like I wonder if anyone else is like empowered in that way and I feel like maybe it's like exclusive to them um and I don't I'd be interested to see what you think just from watching um Atlanta recently if you and then if you're a fan of the Kardashians like I haven't watched the Kardashians all the way through um but when I watch it it feels a little staged and even when it's not stage staged it feels like you know like the Tristan issue we just talked about that on a different podcast when Chloe gives birth like she is showing the world that story on her terms rather than the tabloid mm -hmm. showing it first you know what I mean um mm -hmm. and when I watch the housewives it seems like people are humiliated all the time <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, exactly. It feels like they're they're completely out of control of what's being shown and it doesn't have to be flattering yeah. at all. Which is so interesting. It's like they get to I don't know. Something's interesting about that. I'm not going to be able to articulate it well, but something <laughs> about the ability of being able to like control your own narrative and like the exploitativeness of housewives where like you don't get to so it, there is a more honesty to it, but then it's also like, oh, it is a little exploitive because you kind of get to sign away 
your rights to how the story gets told. But then in the Kardashians, because they hold so many of the cards, it's like they get to create the stories so they don't ever really look bad, but then they also are never really real. Well, that's, you know, right, my class sure. today, my philosophy class. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will also talk. say that the seasons you're watching now, there's not as much social media. And now it seems like every episode there's everyone on, you know, YouTube or Instagram or whatever. Like, let me tell you what really happened that they didn't put in the show. And you're like, all right, like, we'll see. Or maybe you're just like crazy, Sheena Shea. Like, I don't know, you know, Um <laughs> Have you? Oh, this is what I was gonna ask. Have you listened to um, Nini's new song, uh, "Honey"? It's H U N N I. No, I didn't even know she had a song. Okay, so she just released a song during the pandemic, and it's much better than "Tardy for the Party." It's very funny. Um, she released a dance challenge as well that a lot of people were participating in, and I was very excited for her. Uh, and it's good and it has some of her iconic quotes in there. And so, you know, even though Kim got her stupid spinoff, like Nini, you know, has her comeuppance and I feel like her, her shit is just better. She's just, she has better taste than Kim. (laughs) That's what I think. Definitely. We'll put it in the episode for sure. Yeah. I was about to say, we're definitely putting it in the episode. (laughs) Anyway, I was going to say, thank you so much for joining us. This has been such a delight. I really appreciate you diving into Atlanta. I I think there's a lot more to love. So, you know, and the more depressing quarantine days, I hope it gets you through. Um, and what, let's see. So if NBC gets to film the Kenan Thompson show, unofficial title, uh, it will premiere in January possibly, or do you guys not have a premiere date yet? Uh, I don't even think we have a premiere date. I think... Hopefully, okay. it would hopefully be for <laughs> January, but then, you know, if they can't shoot till January, then probably later. I don't, Them I all. have no idea, and I don't think they do either. <laughs> okay, great. Um, well, everybody look for Rachel on Twitter. Her tweets are very funny, and it's so hard to be funny in the midst of everything that's happening right now so i'm very impressed with you and um (laughs) do you have any uh like live stand-up things or um where can people find you online so they can check out your work um oh yeah you can follow me on twitter at rachel pgram um and gosh you know that's that's I feel like that's the best place. You can follow me on Instagram, but I'm really not on there very much. So if you just want to see a couple pictures every four months, uh, follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, this is great. Thank you for Thank joining us. Thank you so us. much for coming on. I'm so excited for you to keep watching too. I'm jealous. Yes, I cannot wait. Thanks for having me, y'all. This was great.